there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. Folklore podcast where we tell you history and stories of different legends and folklore from around the whole dang world. And I should learn like sign language for our intro because yeah. I don't know what. No, I'm gonna keep throwing you <laughs> off just a little bit each time. Never have the same pacing. If I just start keep them guessing, off. people. That's the that's the trick. Just give the bird in every language during the whole yeah. <laughs> introduction, and then we'll be on the same page the whole time. Woo! Well, Ryan, let's let's get into this because man, it's been a minute since you and I have recorded. It it has been. Yeah, we. Why did we take so long? I don't know why we took so long break. This is this episode. The fact that this episode is being recorded right now, honestly, a miracle. <laughs> We delayed. I delayed, and then Kimmy delayed. Yes. And then I think I delayed again. <laughs> and then I and delayed. And here again. we are. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are, almost a week late. This is the closest <laughs> we've recorded an episode to the actual release date, though. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, we're we are on it, is what I like to yeah. think. And it's okay. We all have breakdowns, and I may have had a yeah. little. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. I was like, hmm. It's still snowing. Why is it still snowing? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like 70 outside. So it life was is grand. 98 degrees today. Disgusting. Disgusting. There's... I got in my car and it said 105 inside my car <laughs> after like... work. And I was not happy. You're like, why is the seatbelt hot? It shouldn't yeah. be hot right now. It was hotter than my hot tub gets outside. <laughs> So I won't be using that for a few months now. <laughs> no, just throw some ice cubes in it. Make it a cool yeah, tub. Yeah, make, make it a cool tub. I'm just going to turn off the heat completely and just let <laughs> nature do its thing. Just make a pond solution. Yeah. Get some koi. Pull yep. the 90s. Mm-hmm. Make a pond. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Besides, we're not, weather is not an alluring thing. I'm happy it's spring, no. but wow, she jumped it. So yeah. what is your alluring thing this week? Can I talk about the thing I have question marked? Because I wasn't sure. Yes, you can. <laughs> we'll, well talk about it again our, in announcements. I'm trying to go slow because it, it's burning. We made candles. Ooh. Me and K 
And we met up, how long ago was this? Two weeks ago? Three weeks. Three weeks ago. Three. And, oh my god, they smell so freaking good. Candles smell a lot different when you burn them, apparently. And I was like, man, all of our candles smell really good. And I've been burning them the last couple days. Oh my goodness. My room smells like, I don't know, the best it's ever smelled. And, and this isn't because we made them. They genuinely <laughs> smell really good. My, um, so we worked with a Southern Utah candle making artist, which may have been my mother. <laughs> she is, she's super talented. She was telling me there was like a word for it. She's like, we need to test the, it was like aroma something of the room to see how it fills the room and how long it stays mm. like that. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, she she was teaching both of us yeah. to get really I, into candles. I was afraid to light the candle because she gave us like a homework assignment before we light them. So like, I literally have a timer going right now. And like, <laughs> I'm like taking notes on like the smells because I don't want to disappoint your mom. <laughs> I, I thought it was really great because Ryan's like met, you like met my family once yeah, at college graduation. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I thought it was so funny because my mom was like, wow, he reminds me a lot of your younger brother. I was like, yeah, that was kind of trippy. Like when you looked at the photo <laughs> in the hallway and you guys like yeah. looked the same and I was like, oh, same person. Same. So we've decided yeah. Ryan and my brother are doppelgangers. It's fine. Yeah. So we. <laughs> I'm not gonna visit when he's there. So <laughs> there will be a portal that opens. Yeah. And just <laughs> nothing. Screams. Yeah. Nothing good will come out of that. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll we'll talk more about those candles at the end. Oh, yeah. uh, stay tuned. Very exciting. But uh, what did what did you find alluring this week, Kimmy? Man. Um. Ooh, I'm going to do a personal workout goal, goal alluring okay. thing because I'm really proud. I, since, what is it? When was that? Holy shit. I want to say December. I mm-hmm. have, like, changed my diet completely. And I went from, like, 230 to 180. And it's healthy. <laughs> and I'm like super proud of myself oh that's awesome it's a lot of hard work i quarantine made me a little bit of an emotional eater and that's okay you know like whatever you're comfortable with and i was just like you know i miss like feeling strong you know i didn't like yeah when i felt really skinny for me personally it was really hard because i just felt weak all the time like i was always tired Mm -hmm. and now i'm like I don't feel so tired. I can lift and I feel great. Mm-hmm. So just buff. Just yeah, just buff. Like on those protein shakes, gym <laughs> life, bro. I'm kidding. I can't even do half a pull-up. I can get close, but that's okay. I mean, most people can't. Pull-ups are hard, man. They're really hard. <laughs> my boyfriend, I can't. My boyfriend just comes and he just does a few, and I'm like, I can do it because like yeah. competition, and I get like halfway there, and I'm like, you know what, I can do that you can't do though is a headstand and a handstand and mm-hmm. yoga. So then <laughs> I feel accomplished. Everyone has their strengths, you know. And lifting myself up 
is definitely not mine. So I would not survive in a zombie apocalypse, but if I had to teach them a yoga vinyasa flow, I'm your girl. I'm going to pretend I knew what that means. Um, You know who likes to lift other people up and then push them down? Um, This week's folklore. Let's jump into it. A transition will make sense later for our listeners. <laughs> when the vow dissolves the snowy horde and floating the jingle icy board, then the water kelpies haunt the ford by your direction and knighted travelers are allured to their destruction. Bird bums addressed to the deli. What are we talking about? So... Many have heard of a famous water spirit that lurks deep in the Loch Ness. And no, this isn't sweet old Nessie, but a much darker spirit that will snatch up its victims only to drown and devour them. That being said, be cautious of any horse you see near a loch, and if one seems like it's tamed enough to ride, maybe best if you ignore it and you carry on your merry way. Because you might meet the same fate as many before you who were drawn in by this creature's magical presence. So this week, we will be talking about the malicious water spirit from Scottish folklore. Uh, These creatures have many close ties to the lochs throughout Scotland and have been a major part of Scottish folklore, becoming quite popular during the 19th century. And we are going to be talking about... Kelpies, because I realized I never put the name for what these creatures were in that mm. sentence. <laughs> and this is my illustration for all of our lovely audio listeners. You can go to our website, alluring.com, check it out on our blog, or you can go to our Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest and see this lovely image. And I love this. And this is coming from someone that hates horses. So I am quite proud of this one. <laughs> It's just like swampy, dangerous horse in blue yeah. magical energy vibes. I'm gonna hold my opinion on horses to myself because I'd like to keep podcasting. <laughs> are you are you not about horses as well? And they're not about me. Ryan, we our friendship level just grew because there's some there's some trauma there i we will get into it because listen i we'll get into it i'm not even going to jump the gun on that i'm just going to let the fates come (laughs) and the chaos come trick trick all the people that like horses into listening to us for a minute yeah we we here at alluring love horses (laughs) hashtag horses for life horse girl life even fake it so the tales (laughs) tales of kelpies have been around since the early 6th century and though it's unclear the exact origins of these stories we do know they were first believed to be rooted to human sacrifices to water gods now however this idea sorry i'm just chuckling of what's to come i'm so giddy today (laughs) So, however, this idea didn't yeah, last. We all know how human sacrifices really get skinny going on. <laughs> There's a fire behind these hazel <laughs> eyes, you guys. Just burns, burns for the sacrifices of those unworthy. Um, 
we're going to get demonetized one day when I say that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so the idea of this didn't last. And as years went by, these water spirits were used more as a cautionary tale to those who wandered near the locks and less as a sacrificial one. So it's believed that every sizable body of water throughout Scotland had a Kelpie who reside in or around it. From human sacrifices to cautionary tales to legends of them, they varied from one lock to another. So the one story that puts these mystical creatures on the map was the legend of the Kelpie of the Loch Ness. So during the early 19th century, there was a legend of a Kelpie who haunted the woods and shores of the Loch Ness who was tagged up with its own saddle and bridle. Bridle? Brid? Bridley? Wow, you guys can tell I don't. Bridle? Bridle? I think it's bridle. It's a horse yeah. part. It's the, the thing that goes on their mouth. That's the thing. Um, so a fable attached to this notorious nasty creature was that the Highlander James McGregory taking it by surprise and cutting off its bridle. Bridle. Brittle, bridle, bridle. The source of its powers in life, which means it would die in 24 hours. So as the Kelpie right. had the power of speech, it attempted to unsuccessfully bargain with McGregory for the return of its bridle. After following the human to his home, the Kelpie asserted that McGregory would be unable to enter his house while in possession of this because the presence of the cross above the entrance of the door. Amen. But McGregory had a few tricks up his sleeve and outwitted the creature by tossing it through the window. <laughs> so, oh. so the Kelpie accepted its fate and left cursing and swearing. <laughs> and I just want to pause for a second because the idea, if you only put a blessing symbol over your front door, <laughs> and spirits are like... I'm just going to go in through a window is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> yeah. It's smart. It's a loophole. It's, a, it's like vampires can't enter unless you call them. But where do windows lie in that whole grand scheme of things? Like yeah, An open window is an invitation. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> so all you thirsty vampire lovers out there, open your windows. Um, yeah. This legend resulted in more tales of how the bridle, now referred to as the Willix Ball and Bridle, was passed down through the family and had magical powers of healing. A spell was made by placing the items in the water while chanting, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and the water could then be used as a cure. Oh. So, for the longest time, many referred to this Kelpie as the Loch Ness Monster. But as time went on, this creature and old Nessie became two vastly different things. And if you'd like to learn more about sweet old Nessie, go check out episode 27, We're Storming Loch Ness, because we covered that topic already. Okay. And we're still going to storm it one day. Don't, don't worry. Oh, don't. When, we get the, <laughs> when we get the Patreon. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> we're coming, Nessie. When we get the Patreon funds, I got so excited I had a hiccup in that, you guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> so for our video watchers, um, I want you to lock in your guess now where you think Kimmy's um, alignment chart is going to be. And for our audio listeners, her picture she has is of some attractive women in the water. 
um, swimming around. So I'm going to also say you guys lock in where you think her alignment <laughs> chart's going to be. Don't worry about anything she says. Just you know, lock it in. All right. Remember your answer. You're so quick to judge. <laughs> I hate that you act like you know me so well. You just really don't, Ryan. And, you know, I feel like years of friendship... I would just expect better from you. You're editing the, your alignment chart right now. <laughs> like, shit, he's on to me. I just have to move it slightly so that I could tell you you're the most judgmental little human being left. ever. <laughs> it's going a little down now. Yeah, oh boy, that's crazy. If people didn't know, the criticism I get from Ryan during the episode determines on how far up or... To the side, the alignment gets placed. And it's because I'm petty and spiteful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it may start all the way good. And as I get more sass, it moves over to the left, then a little down. Going. It just keeps going. <laughs> uh, so now, Kelpies have been mistaken as the Loch Ness Monster for centuries. But there are a few different creatures around the world that are very similar to these water spirits. The first one is... Nickies? I can never say that right. And do Nickies? Nick, yeah, <laughs> I said it right. When we did a whole episode. We did a whole episode on it. Whoa! This is why Cammy has her pronunciations in the notes and didn't put them in today. Um, if you want to learn about them and hear me pronounce it right, go to episode nine. Nixies, old ladies and frogs. Oh my. It was great. Ladies and frogs. Oh, my. There we go. That's it. Um, The next one is the Huiwin, which is a malevolent malevolent water spirit of Central America, particularly associated with the Miskito tribe. I said that so wrong. I'm sorry, everybody. And finally is the Bunny Ip, which is a creature from mythology of southeastern Australia said to lurk in the swamps creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes. So, though they are all very similar to Kelpies, they are in a field of their own, and as a result made a major impact in art, literature, and the world during the early 20th century. This resulted in there being tons of paintings, literature, poems, statues of these nautical horses everywhere. And way more of the nautical horse aspect than the people aspect, but... yeah. We'll get more into that. So now, it is unclear where the etymology of the Scots word Kelpie comes from, but there's a possibility that is derived from the Gaelic world Kalpa or Kalipich, which translates to heifer or clot. So the word Kelpie is also known to have many different spellings, and that's due to the interest people had in transcribing folklore during the late 19th centuries. This resulted in an inconsistent spelling and words being angelicized. So pretty much, you know how Mormon families named their children really ridiculous names? Like, they'll be like... Brimley. Yeah, and then it has like seven Ys in it and an A and then some weird symbol. Like, that's what was happening to the name of Kelpies. So it was all said the same. It's just the spelling was way out of hand. 
Okay. So we're not going to go through all the different ways it was spelled. <laughs> Just yeah, know. Because it's all said the same. Correct. And yeah. now we got our origins. We got a word meaning. I want to hand it over to Ryan because he's got a full on story for us this week. Ooh, ooh. All right. This is the Folk Tales of Morin Mountain by Winfried Finley. All right. Once upon a time, there lived a water horse on the island of Bara in the Outer Herbides, which lie off the west coast of Scotland. Now, a water horse, people believed, had magic powers so that he could live happily in his home at the bottom of the loch. But when he swam up to the surface and reached dry land, then he could gallop about as an ordinary horse, or he could change himself into a man just as he pleased. The water horse was a magnificent black creature with long legs, brown eyes, and a splendid flowing mane. And because he was very good-natured and never caused anyone any harm, he got on well with the fairies who lived by in a nearby hill, and with the humans who lived in the hamlet not too far away, and earned a living by farming and fishing. He's probably a great fisherman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're probably so, just in shock because out comes a horse and in goes a man kind of thing, you know? So yeah, they're fair. more like scared and in shock and they don't know how to quite respond to it. Uh, so before I continue coming up, we have some, uh, some, some acting. Would you like to be the water horse or the, the girl from the Hamlet? Hmm. Hmm. You know, I think you would be a magical girl from Hamlet. So I can right. do perfect. The water will be, be these ones then, the, the yeah. green guys. Yeah. All right. So after several hundred years, however, the water horse began to feel lonely. The fairies had moved from their underground home because people no longer believed in them, and whenever he changed himself into a young man, Human beings did not seem to be as friendly as they once had been, saying that they had no time to sit and talk with him because they had to see to the milking or start plowing or set snares for rabbits or search for bait or put the children to bed. They're just busy people, you know. They don't have time for a mythical creature. <laughs> so the horse goes, what I need is a wife. A water horse thought. Every morning, I catch fresh fish for breakfast, and in case she does not like raw fish, as I do, I shall build a fireplace and a chimney in my house at the bottom of the lock, and she can sit in front of it and cook meals on it, just as all humans do. Yeah, I'm not quite sure he understands how fire works, but you know. <laughs> so, rising to the surface of the lock, he shook the water from his magnificent black mane and galloped off through the reeds and right across the island looking to right and to left in search of a suitable wife. So there were not many girls on Bara, and each one seemed to have <laughs> a little something wrong with her. From the water horse's point of view, that is. One was too fat, so would be lazy. The other, too thin, and would eat too much. Oh, would, wait. That one too thin, and would eat too much? Yeah, because she's, she's too thin, so, oh, so she's, she's going to eat because now she has access to food. Oh, gotcha. Another was too tall, and a fourth too small, and a fifth so ugly that the water horse knew he could never 
bear to see her face every morning across the breakfast table. Now, just remember where Kimmy's going to have her uh, alignment chart, folks. So, listen, you're so quick to judge, and I'm so tired because you don't know me, (laughs) Brian. I don't know you. (laughs) You So, to be fair, to be fair, he was very, he is a particular water horse. You're judging me like the water horse is judging all these broads. I don't appreciate (laughs) it. And the wow. sex had really toxic taste in <laughs> beautiful folklore. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so he was, as you saw, a very particular water horse. And having lived That's alone weird. for hundreds of years, you know, at some point, maybe look inward. He had grown <laughs> rather selfish. So that never for one moment did he consider what the girls may think of him. That's what I was thinking. I was like, imagine if a water horse was like, ugh, she's ugly to wake up to. And she wakes up to a literal horse in bed. Yeah, my brother, you are a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Let's calm down. (laughs) Again, what is it, looking inward? Yeah. The the Kelpie looks inward. (laughs) Yeah. Take a good long look in the mirror, bud. So just when he was on the point of giving up hope of ever finding a bride to please him, he saw a girl sitting in the heather, watching over her father's cows and knitting industriously. Around her, the bees murmured softly as they searched for honey, forming a pleasant musical background to the busy click-clack of the needles. The girl was neither too fat nor thin, not too tall nor small, She had gray eyes that were made for laughing and a red mouth made for smiling so that the water horse fell in love with her immediately and knew that he had found just the kind of lady he wanted. Never stopping to consider what idea on the subject the girl might have, he galloped across to her, whined and tossed his magnificent black mane. I, okay, I imagine his voice inside his head is deep, but he has, like, a little higher pitch voice, mm-hmm. you know? So he's like, what a splendid creature you are. The girl, wait. Oh, that was you. Oh, oh that was me. <laughs> I, I missed, I fucked up the colors, everybody. It's fine. It's what fine. a splendid creature you are, said the girl, and putting down her knitting, she stood up and began to stroke the neck of the water horse. And then, to her dismay, found that she could not take her hand away. Because she was clever as well as being pretty, she realized immediately that this was no ordinary horse, and that by touching it, she had put herself in its power. Horse creep. Um, you are the prettiest girl in Bara. Your eyes... Your eyes are as gray as the waters of my lock in midwinter. Your hair as yellow as the sands on the shore. And your skin as white as the water lilies which unfold their buds every summer. I have, therefore, decided to make you my wife. Oh, how kind of you, the girl answered politely knowing that she would have to have her wits about her to free herself from the magic of the water horse. However, I am, if I'm to live at the bottom of a lock for the rest of my life, I hope you won't mind if I finish knitting these socks to keep my feet warm. 
this is like putting someone down at the bar. That's yeah. a little too much. Real gentle. <laughs> uh, of course not. <laughs> the water horse said equally politely, Sit down in the heather beside me and rest a little in the sunshine while I turn this heel, the girl said. Immediately, the water horse changed himself into a handsome young man with hair as black as the raven's wing and brown eyes, which were strangely cold and selfish for living alone for hundreds and hundreds of years. Nice. Help me, bees, the girl (laughs) murmured as the young man sat down in the heather beside her. And because the bees (laughs) knew what was up um, and they gave she gave them a home in the hard days of winter, they flew backwards and forward, singing drowsily in the hot sunshine and the scent of the heather and softly nodding heads of the harebells, so that all the young man wanted to do was fall asleep there and then. When he yawned for the third time, the girl said, You must be very busy in strenuous life while I'm fishing this, finishing this foot. Why don't you stretch out in the heather and sleep a little? Oh, what a good idea. The young man said, and the next moment he was sound asleep in the sunshine, and having done what the girl had asked him, the bees flew off in search for yet more honey. (laughs) He is extremely handsome, the girl thought, looking down at the sleeping young man. But I have no intention of marrying a water horse and spending the rest of my life at the bottom of a lock. And she beckoned to the nearest of her father's cows. Help me, cow. She whispered, and because the cow knew that it was she who watched over them in the daytime and milked them every morning and evening, she bent her head. Take the rope halter from my neck, the cow said, and place it over the herd of the head of the young man. He will then change back into a water horse and be in your power as long as the halter is there. I just want to point out, I love in a story of fantasy with a talking magical man horse transforming they have to clarify the relationship between the insect and the cow with the girl yeah <laughs> like yeah. if they didn't have that you'd be like there's no way they yeah, help the magical her. the magical horse makes sense but a cow helping the farmer i don't think so a talking cow helping yeah. the farmer nah i need i need more backstory for that Oh, goodness. Um, there you so, are. taking the halter from the cow's neck, the girl placed it over the head of the sleepy young man. Immediately, he awoke and changed back into the water horse. But because he now ha- was in her power, he could no longer speak and could only look at her with sad, rather selfish brown eyes. Ooh. And now you must learn your lesson, water horse, the girl said. It may have been all right to carry off a girl and marry her when you first came to live in the lock, but things have changed a great deal since those days. Yes. She led the water horse off to her father's farm. I have brought you the best horse you have ever seen or ever are likely to see to work for you, she said. But remember this, never take off the cow halter from his neck, no matter how sadly he may look at you. And now you must bring in the cows yourself and milk them, because I am off to consult the wise man of Bara, and with your permission, I shall take him the bowl of crowdy which I made yesterday. 
<laughs> Wrapping the bowl of cream cheese carefully in a clean cloth, she set off to consult the wise man who had the sight and could foretell what the future held. Would you like to be the old man? Ah, uh, sure. Can I still do my Bernie voice? Let me try. Yeah. There is nothing to be done now. The wise man said, Bring the water horse to me when you hear the cuckoo sing over Barra, and I'll see what can be done then. That's a pretty good Bernie. <laughs> and he grabbed the crowdy and shut the door firmly in her face. Rather sadly, because it was many years since the cuckoo had been heard over bar, the girl returned to her farm and her work there, and if she was not particularly happy, her father certainly was, because the water horse did the work of seven ordinary horses and ate hardly anything at all. This is the father. In seven years, this horse will have made my fortune, he rejoiced. And then I shall take him to the horse market at Castle Bay and sell him for a good sum. Jesus. But the girl had other ideas. The water horse, seven years, might seem like one day, but to her they were very long time. And anyway, she had no intention of allowing her father to sell the creature. Every night when the horse had finished working in the farm and was tied up at the cow halter in its stable, she would go down and feed and groom him. And she brushed his long black mane. She would talk to him all of the work which had been done that day on the farm and all they were planning to do. Sometimes she would sing to him songs that the island women sang as they spun and wove, as they churned the butter and made the cheese, or as they rocked their babies to sleep. And all the time she was with him, the water horse would listen attentively and stare at her with brown eyes, which little by little grew less cold and less selfish. Exactly a year and a day after the water horse had gone in search of a wife, the girl heard the cuckoo singing over the island, and she knew that the time had come. Again, she fed and groomed the horse, but this night she led him out to the stable and, holding the cow halter in one hand, mounted his back and rode him to the wise man, taking with her a bag of fine oatmeal of her own grinding. Take off the cow harness. Wise man commanded as he opened his door to her knocking. But then we shall be in his power, the girl said. Take off the cow harness. <laughs> the wise man repeated, I am once again asking you to remove the cow harness. <laughs> With your support, we can remove, <laughs> remove the cow harness. The wise man repeated, having looked into the brown eyes of the water horse and having seen what he had seen. Nervously, the girl took off the cow harness, and immediately the water horse changed into a young man, taller and stronger than he had been before. Oh! Yeah, and this is where a different book would start, but we're going we're gonna to stay on this one. In the classic because... retelling. <laughs> yeah, in the classic retelling, it goes a little off the rails right here. We're going to go with the original. Um, because of all the hard work he had done for the girl's father, his hair was as black as the raven's wing, his skin burned down by the sun and the wind, and his eyes, which had once been so cold and selfish, were now full of love. What have you to say to me? The wise man asked the young man. A year and a day ago, I wished to carry off the girl and make her my wife. The young man said. 
Since then, she has talked to me of her father's farm, and I myself have worked long hours there. I have learned how very different her life is from mine, and now I know I never could. She be happy in the home at the bottom of the lake. When the fairies left Barra, I should have gone too, but now, alas, there is no place for either fairies or water horses in the western lands. His voice is going to keep changing, you guys. I'm not consistent with this <laughs> Oh, shit, next part. If you have learned that, you have learned much. The West fan said. <laughs> Supposing you had gone away with the fairies, what place would you have gone to? To remain on the land of the youth, where no one is unhappy and no one grows old. The young man answered. I feel like I'm going insane talking to myself. <laughs> you are still free to go to Tirnagol. The wise man reminded him, and then, as the young man hesitated, continued, Or you can give up the magic of the old gods and become a man to love like one and grow old like one. How is Jesus that? Christ. <laughs> I'm not really good with voices. I'm getting better, but Lord. Um, how is that possible? The young man asked. Drink this potion which I have brewed from honey and the juices of seven times seven herbs, all gathered when the old moon held the new moon in her arms. That is beautiful. Um, sorry. For 24 hours you will sleep, and when you awaken, the magic will have gone, and you will be only a man. The young man turned to the girl. Your eyes are as gray as the waters of my lock in midwinter. Your hair is as yellow as the sands on the shore, and your skin as white as the water lilies which unfold their buds every summer. If I become a man, would you marry me? Gladly, the girl answered, knowing that the water horse had learned his lesson, that his love was so great that he would give up his place in Tyr Nan Og to stay on Bara and marry her. Taking the potion from the wise man, the young man drank it in a single gulp and immediately fell into a deep sleep. And 24 hours at, sat by the girl's side, watching over him while the magic drained out of him. Jesus. When he awoke, he was a human and had no recollection of ever being a water horse or living at the bottom of the lock. Well, that's kind of messed up. So he lost his powers and his memory. Does he get false memories? Does he like... He, he probably just... His memory starts at him being like a horse on the farm. <laughs> so now while the farmer grieved at the loss of his remarkable horse, he rejoiced that his daughter had found herself such a strong and handsome husband who had prepared who was prepared to work from dusk till dawn and longer if need be. And so he sat the pair of them up in the farm on the far side of the island, and there they lived happily for many long years. And for all I know, some of their grandchildren or great-grandchildren or great-great-great-grandchildren may still be living here. The end. Hmm. Doesn't sound very happily ever after, yeah. if you ask me, but... So it's like a all right, all right ever after. It's like okay, because like I looked for a few. The first story option was the poem you read as a whole yeah. story, and uh -huh. neither of us can do that for a whole story. And now dissolve the snowy horde. I know I float the jingling icy board. 
We didn't do that one. And this one's supposed to be like the iconic love story. Like this was why they had to tell ladies to not go near horses in the lock. Cause they were all like, but I can get a handsome man. So ladies, ladies, listen, if a guy wants to marry you, make him work for your father for an entire year, just to the bone. And if he doesn't, then drop him. Just drop him. (laughs) Yeah, leave the collar on. Lock him up. If you should take anything from that story, that's the only moral of the story, if we're going to be honest. The only moral. (laughs) Have him work seven years on your father's farm. If he doesn't, Mm -hmm. if he he can't stand it, sell him. I think that's what... If your man can't do the job of seven men, drop him, ladies. <laughs> Hashtag dating advice from Lori. <laughs> <laughs> the worst dating advice you've ever. As long as he only talks to you in horse form, too, then that's fine. You can yeah. work. Well, with he that. shouldn't talk for seven years. Oh, that's right. As well, yeah. You know, it was really Just funny because you were reading that part, and I was like, you know. Because I love The Little Mermaid, and I understand every problem with it, and I'm okay with that. But he really just kind of talks at her and falls in love with her because mm-hmm. he's yeah. just talking at her. It's the idea of her. So Right. So I feel she doesn't like him because she's like, I don't know anything yeah. about you. And then she proceeds to know nothing about him for seven she years. She doesn't know a damn thing about this guy. But yet she falls just knows in love. He does the work of seven men. <laughs> Look, look, Kimmy, sometimes sometimes you live on an island and your choices are Bob down at the tavern or the magical horse that turns into a kind of hot guy. And then you know? there's your cousin, and that's like 50-50 yeah. at the time, right? Yeah, and, and your cousin doesn't do the work of seven men. He does the work of just him. He's just Earl. He's just Earl. And Earl's not that impressive. Earl's if the other two catch the plague and you really need someone to help take care of the Kelpie doesn't work out, you know, Earl will be there. Like if you're not married by like 35, you could always hit up Earl. But yeah. You gotta you gotta Kelpie right there. (laughs) The more we talk about, the more appealing Kelpies at the time seem and the more understanding. It it makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. You're just helping my case for the alignment chart. That's what I like to hear. um, Let's hear a a quick word from our our sponsors then. When exploring the forest and foraging for mushrooms, it can be extremely difficult to tell whether a mushroom is poisonous, safe to consume, or part of a fairy ring that will end up trapping you in the fey realm forever. So, before you go harvesting these adorable little fungi, and you know, possibly becoming a fey servant for the rest of your life, you should head over to Skillshare. Skillshare has thousands of hands-on creative classes you can explore for pretty much anything, from mushroom hunting to making a hearty forged forest stew, or even painting an adorable mushroom, Skillshare has it all. 
They also have a collection of teachers who are experts, pros, and industry icons, and they are all excited to share their wisdom, experience, and trusted techniques with you. So you can learn from creators all around the world right in the comfort of your own home. And whether you're a beginner or pro, looking for a new hobby, or wanting to take your creative career to the next level, Skillshare has the inspiration and classes to help you accomplish your goals. Plus, our listeners who sign up get a free one-month trial of Skillshare. So what are you waiting for? Join Skillshare today by going to skillshare.eqcm.net slash alluring or go to our website, alluring.com slash sponsors and click on the Skillshare banner. Again, that's skillshare.eqcm.net slash alluring or go to our website, alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Skillshare banner to get that one month free trial of Skillshare today. Are you interested in the paranormal? Maybe you've seen a ghost or you hunt ghosts yourself. Maybe not, but you like the idea of it. If so, you should come join us on our ghouls trip. We are two ghost hunters and paranormal enthusiasts who love to discuss things that go bump in the night. So far, we have over 50 episodes ready for your ears, covering famous hauntings like the Waverly Hill Sanatorium and the Sally House. We also discuss famous figures like Ed and the Rand Warren and talk about the occasional cryptid, urban legend, alien, and more. But we aren't like most other paranormal podcasts. You see, we are what we like to refer to as skeptical believers, meaning we do believe in ghosts. But we always keep a skeptical mind and love to debunk and add a touch of humor to keep things fun. Come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Just search for Ghoul's Trip. You can also follow us on social media. Instagram is Ghoul's Trip Podcast, Twitter, Ghoul's Trip Pod, and you can find us on Facebook under Ghoul's Trip Podcast. Alrighty. We are back. Sorry, I need to take a quick sip, sip, sip. Okay. Welcome back, campers. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that little break. We are now going to talk about the appearance and histories of Kelpies. So, Kelpies appear as beautiful, powerful, horse-like creatures. They will either be black or extremely dark shades of blue or green. Their hooves are reversed on them, which is a little interesting fey quirk. The phages don't like their feet going the right way, I've noticed. But, I don't know. That's fair. It's just, they like to be a little different. Yeah, it, the ears and the feet, that's how you spot them. Um, yeah. And they sometimes kind of have like a serpent-like appearance to their mane, or there will be a lot of algae and water weeds in it. And, ooh, sorry, the fire, my oh. phone vibrated, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I thought I silenced it. My bad, you guys. So, when they are not in horse-like form, they transform into a more human appearance. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but I have censored her just in case YouTube comes for us. But it is Camp Counselor Mothman blocking her nips with the wings. (laughs) Good job, Camp Counselor Mothman. (laughs) So, he's working hard. That minimum yeah, wage he's job. Having, he's having a great time. 
He's he's doing the Lord's work. Well, let me yep. tell you. So they can appear as a beautiful young woman or a very hairy man. So most of the time they are sporting a lovely birthday suit or some type of green or white dreamy cloth that like just drapes over them. The easiest way to tell if a humanoid is a Kelpie is one will see that they have water weeds or sand or algae in their hair. So despite many art depictions of the human Kelpie being a beautiful young woman, they're actually most commonly a male. So, and in male form, they're dreamy, they're rugged, they're rough, they're shaggy. They look like they've been out to sea and they are ready for a mate. So why, why do you think it is that even though in stories they're almost always guys in the paintings they are just always women i can tell you why i think it is from like a general like gender perspective because men are more visual with sexual stuff and women like to read stuff that's why i think fair enough i think like that's the easiest way to explain it like yeah (laughs) no that that checks out <laughs> like I'm a little bit of both, hence making a graphic comic novel yeah. <laughs> a little spicy, you worlds. know. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I like both teams, but hey, you know what? Teach their own. <laughs> so anyway, um, so for their behavior. So now, much like their ability to shapeshift between different forms, they also got a dual personality going on. So they're either described as dangerous or compassionate. So what keep makes the kelpies dangerous is how they get a kick out of drowning their victims they are known to drag them under the water and drown them devouring them throwing their intestines all over the water's edge and they go after humans because human liver is a true delicacy to them and the male ones are specifically known to leap behind solitary male riders gripping and crushing them or tearing them apart to snack on so pretty much I want to come goes a different direction on certain <laughs> Google searches. <laughs> this is not this is not the revised version of this fairy tale. Yeah, this is where again we're doing the original. We're doing original. <laughs> Go to the second page of Google, you guys will find yeah. it. Um so though they are quite dangerous, they are also very compassionate. Since one Kelpie is designated to each lock, so I kind of like to think of them like a beta fish to a tank. Mm-hmm. Where you can't have more than one in a tank unless they're both ready, you know. Um, they are very solitary creatures. So this makes them long for partnership. And for all you out there that are thirsty for a dangerous horse shapeshifter, I got some good news for you. Kelpie search for a partner called a Leansith, which means a fairy lover. So ladies, specifically ladies... Because it doesn't really go good for men in a lot of these stories. Um, Just know, they got dual personality. And anything can happen with a Kelpie. So there's like a 50-50% chance. Like 50% you'll get eaten. Or 50% you'll get eaten. Wink, wink, you know. So, thank you. That was was solid. Thanks. (laughs) I'm talking about I'm talking about fucking everybody in case that yeah. was <laughs> yeah in case anyone missed it somehow. <laughs> uh, 
So not only do these water creatures have the ability to shapeshift into humans, but they also have other powers. So they can use their magical powers to summon up a flood in order to sweep a traveler away to a watery grave. <laughs> uh, we, we can popcorn this. We haven't popcorned in a minute. You want popcorn? They have the strength of 10 horses and the stamina of 10. Which goes back to, once again, page 2, Google. They got a lot of stamina. <laughs> what Google searches are you using? Look, I mean, <laughs> you can save search off and it's over. <laughs> I don't know if doing pot these podcast episodes have cultivated my Google to show more of this stuff. Or not. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Of in horse form, their skin is extra sticky. So they I mean, it come on. <laughs> mousetrap everybody <laughs> which makes it so the only way someone can escape is by cutting off whatever is attached to them uh-huh they can, <laughs> they can extend the length of their back to carry multiple riders at once you don't need to pause with <laughs> What? No, I didn't pause. I was just reading the sentence that you wrote. <laughs> they can extend their length of their back to carry multiple riders. I don't know. When entering the water, their tail splashing resembles the sound of thunder. They are known to make these sounds to warn of a storm coming. Um, don't say it. I know you want to say it. it. All right. It's like it's like the moment someone makes one dirty joke, and like that's all you all see. It. <laughs> it's just it just goes downhill. Okay, with all these abilities, they do have one weakness, and that's a good old silver bullet. <laughs> one of Ryan's absolute favorites is simply shooting a kelpie with one will cause it to turn into a tough and soft mass like jellyfish. So, have a silver bullet on you guys. Yeah, always. Stay strapped. <laughs> all, all the ladies know what yep. I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're not a child-friendly episode. That is said at the time. <laughs> Every kid listening, ask your parent what a silver No, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> You shouldn't be listening. This is an explicit show. Uh, <laughs> so, Kelpies get all of their abilities from their main source of power, which is the bridle. Um, so, we're going to completely shift gears and we're going to like the history kind of facts about them. So, every Kelpie is equipped with a bridle or a saddle. These were used to trick people into riding them. But if one mounted this horse-like creature, they would get stuck to the seat and the Kelpie would proceed to drown the rider. So with the brittle being the main source of the Kelpie's powers, people would go out of their way to try and get a hold of it. It was ill-advised to go after it while it was on the Kelpie in horse form, and that's because one could drown. So people got creative. 
one common practice was to perform an exorcism to remove it while they were in horse form. This was always a little bit sketchy, though, because they could try and drag you down to the watery grave. So that was like a hit or miss kind of situation. But it was more common to get rid of the brittle when the Kelpie was in human form. So it normally was somewhere near the lake or it would be like a necklace on them. So if you got close to them and you tricked them into sleeping next to you, you could take off the necklace and have power over it. So once it's captured, the person would gain mastery over the Kelpies, but some legend says it was important to give it back to them because without it, the Kelpie would die in 24 hours or a few days. So there are even legends that keeping it would give one powers. For example, all the horse folk are going to like this. If one brandished the brittle towards someone, they were able to transform that person into a horse or a pony. Oh, don't let the bronies find out about that one. Um, <laughs> another one. <laughs> another one is that the brittle provides healing powers to the family throughout the ages as it passes down from one person to another. So they're magic. These are the magic source. This is the what you want when dealing with these creatures, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Not only did people seek Kelpies as a source of power, but they also seek them out for companionship. So, <laughs> I was happy to find an image of a redhead wanting to hit up a Kelpie. So, <laughs> I have done my due diligence in my research. Uh, so, since Kelpies longed for human companionship, even if one looked like a tasty little snack, a change in their heart could make them see them as a companion instead of a meal. But one thing to keep in mind is that Kelpies tend to run into the same issues that Selkies do. So, much like Selkies are connected to their seal skin, Kelpies are connected to their bridles. Many legends tell of women. So, Selkie stories are all about men stealing their skin to marry yeah but kelpie stories are all about ladies stealing their brittles to force the kelpies to marry them watch your back boys watch your back boys now listen i'm all about fucking the fae don't get me wrong but it's gotta be consensual and stealing mm-hmm. something to trap them into being your partner for all of time is blackmail and unhealthy mm-hmm. not cool Great for fantasy novels, not practical in the real world. So, leave, leave it in leave it in the books. Leave it in the books, and everything will be fine. Uh, so, not only were humans getting a bit freaky with the kelpies, but so were horses. <laughs> Offsprings that resulted between the mating of a kelpie and a normal horse were pretty powerful. They were impossible to drown and had shorter ears than normal. So, everybody. Powerful child, a Kelpie and a regular horse. <laughs> like, you know, people talk about like athletes having kids that are like Olympians. Imagine a Kelpie that's like the stamina of 10 horses and a regular horse. All I'm saying, <laughs> just it gets pa- well, like the thing is, it like caps. So, if Kelpies have babies, it's still Kelpie, right? But if yeah. a Kelpie meets with a horse, that's like and up that's 10, you know yeah. what I mean? That's 30% stamina. 
percent stamina stamina bonus. <laughs> but even though most adults and apparently horses were seeking out these powerful fade, many children were told to avoid them at all cost. So, which is very smart because there are many legends about children who would get a bit too close to a kelpie and would meet an untimely demise. So a very common theme in these tales tell of at least at least seven children who would climb on the creature's back while it was on shore only to be taken to a watery grave. So some versions of this legend says how one of the little boys would only pet the horse and will end up sticking to it. And then he is carried and drowned with his siblings or friends. And other stories will say how the one boy that pet the horse actually has to cut off his fingers to save himself and not be drowned. Now, <laughs> this is really dark. And the reason this is so dark compared to the spicy dark we were just talking about is because it was a cautionary tale for the children of the locks. So in Scotland, the locks reached frigid cold temperatures of 41 degrees Fahrenheit. So like five Celsius for all our non-US listeners. So this is almost as cold as your ex-lover's dead heart. And it's cold, you know? So the water was way too freezing to swim. And so these tales help serve as a warning so children wouldn't accidentally fall in and drown. Plus, a majority of the coastal population at the time couldn't swim. So it helped in warning them of the dangerous waters and that there was a version of this tale to help kid kids at bay. And this, this version specifically talk about how the kid survived because his other hand was holding a Bible. <laughs> So they used it to have kids not wander around on Sunday. Well, I just got church flashbacks. That was the weirdest thing. I was like, this is the line God is crossing with me? This is what does it? Oh, Lord. So you may be asking yourself, why are legends of these creatures so popular well that's because these malevolent water spirits served the practical purpose of keeping children away from these areas and warning adolescent women to be wary of attractive young strangers amen <laughs> the stories were also used to enforce moral standards as they implied that the creature took retribution for bad behavior carried out on sunday so the the intervention of demon and spirits was a possible way to rationalize the drowning of children and adults who had accidentally fallen into the deep, fast-flowing, or turbulent waters. So it was just the perfect scapegoat, you know? Yeah. Like, you're Earl in the vision village, and your cousin is just not going to marry you, you know? Not going to happen. And you're like, how can I get her to shack up? right? Well, you just tell her this tale of Kelpies and how they're so dangerous and he's the best option. And that's kind don't of... don't mention the stamina or strength. No. Or his flowing dark yeah. raven hair. Leave, leave all that off. Or his beautifully tan skin. Oh, calm, calm down oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> or all of his muscles. Just... Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Or 
<laughs> it needs to be like the sound of like a spray bottle, like a water spray. <laughs> down, girl, down. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, now that. anyway let me gather myself before we go on to our next segment it's time for is it science or the church so let's see we got a bible in the hand keeps uh the kelpie from drowning you a cross over your door stops the kelpie from coming inside um the old man said to be gone with the old gods so i am gonna go with science give yourself half a point yeah yeah give yourself half a point did i go in the i i thought you were gonna try and trick me no this is a little bit of both oh okay I told you I'd start shaking it up. I'll take it. I'm a woman of my words. So, of course, the church is going to be where we start. And it's going to have a saying that Kelpies are demons. But why are they demons? Oh, because they're Satan. Because they're hot. Um, (laughs) Look at them. Look at them. Raven dark hair, rippling muscles. That must be the devil. Um, anyway, that's because many legends saw how Kelpies had connections to Satan. Mm. So the legends we discussed earlier about the Highlander James McGregory, who threw the brittle through the window because it couldn't get under the cross above the door, was one of many that enforced the idea of their connection to demon. And then remember, they have the hooves that are on backwards. And there was legends like when they changed into human form, they'd still have the hooves or they may get horns, so yeah, that was the tie. So though the church at the time commonly marketed things as demonic, this was one that had a few legends tied to it. So with having the cross as a way to wear them off, or they'd be dragging them to hell, quite literally through the locks. So I normally don't like to put something in this section if it's just like demonic, but there's actually a bunch of stories explaining how they were demonic. So that's why this okay. one gets the pass, if that makes sense. And they're hot. So And they're hot. The devil. So, yeah. So a little bit of both. And then there is a scientific explanation as to what Kelpies really are. So historian and symbological... Symbolol... Symbol... Ologist Charles Milton Smith has hypothesized that the Kelpie myth might originate with the water spouts that can form over the surface of Scottish locks. These are terrifying, right? Yeah, that one, I would leave. <laughs> I haven't found things that scare me in the ocean. This made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> so water spouts, specifically fair weather water spouts, usually form along dark flat base of a line of developing cumulus clouds. Whoa, that was cumulus. Cumulus clouds. That's totally what I said. <laughs> Okay, cumulus clouds, uh, they develop on the surface of the water and work its way upwards. 
By the time the funnel is visible, it's nearly mature, and due to the light wind conditions, they move around, which gives off the impression of a living form as they move across the water. So, think water tornado. Yeah. Is the best way to kind of explain it. And it will, like, move, and because Scotland's, like, really foggy and has, like, the really rainy weather, you know, Mm. you would just see, like, water splashes moving around like a horse yeah. running through water is what it would appear as to people so yeah. it wasn't I see that yeah you like that one on said. the left like it kind of looks like a horse at the very bottom there was one i wanted to put and i did it but i felt like it it was just like that bottom part right there and it was like a close-up mm-hmm. of it it just looks like a big splash like when someone does a cannonball in the water it's like that splash but it's more like it's not as dense it's more like light and it moves (laughs) so it doesn't quite explain the appearance factor like because you don't see a horse but i think it helps add to the mystery and how people would get sucked into the water so quickly and they drown yeah so cool it's like a like a 50 50 for me like maybe it was a kelpie maybe it was a water spout yeah a lot of 50 50s this episode (laughs) all right what's not 50 50 is that i have a modern take with ryan today and I'd like to give oh, myself a pat on the back because Kimmy couldn't find one. And she's our researcher. <laughs> but I went in my old noggin and I said, man, I remember a movie. Um, so I won't spoil it. So sometimes we have to use our imagination a little bit when it comes to modern takes. So I want everybody to work with me here. All right. Now, let me tell you. The number one source of knowledge and information regarding Kelpies, and it's not this podcast. Some of you probably already know what I'm talking about, and you are right. I am talking about the 2007 smash box office hit, The Water Horse, Legend of the Deep. Am I right? I've never seen this movie, Ryan. Wow. Well, that explains why you don't know about Kelpies. Um, in this movie, a young boy, Angus, finds a giant egg in the lake, and it hatches into a small, creepy sea monster, but, so this is a very short plot synopsis, by the way, this is a full-length movie, but the military shows up because it's World War II, and they're like, we need to defend this lock from German U-boats, so they set up at the house of this kid who just hatched a monster in his shed, um, so the monster gets big, and it starts to live in the lock. But one day the military is like, we need to practice firing at U-boats. So we're going to fire our cannons into the lock. So they fire their cannons. And it scares the shit out of the sea monster, as you could imagine. And because of this, the seahorse no longer trusts humans. Aww. And who is this seahorse? You may be asking yourself, well, no other than the Loch Ness Monster. And that's why they stay away from humans. 
And so, anyway, that is the totally accurate retelling of the Loch Ness Monster, a.k.a. Water Kelpie number one. Thank you for your time. Well. Questions? Oh, wow. I really think you just covered everything. I don't. <laughs> if you don't want to watch a whole movie, there's a there's a great, like, 12-minute breakdown of it on YouTube that I definitely rewatched because I haven't seen this movie since 2007. I kind of want to watch it because, like, I saw a little bit of a trailer and it gave very, like narnia vibes it it's made by the people who made narnia okay because i was like it's like narnia free willy is like what i was getting i don't know if it's the same person who made the chronicles of narnia movie or the same person who made the book but either way there is there is overlap with narnia yes well i got that from just that mini trailer so i'll probably watch it i enjoy the little like folklore Movies. Yeah, you guys want. I, I kind of goofed about it, but it is. It is actually. I mean, I'm not going to tell you it's a cinematic masterpiece, but it's it's a fun, it's a cute little feel good early 2000s movie. That time when there was nothing but dolphin, free dolphin, free whale. Yeah. Movies. Well, they were just they. Yeah, they were just making anything in the early 2000s. <laughs> Man, it, what I would have given to be a kid in a Free Willy type movie at the time. That, oh my that's God. true 90s children goals. Yeah. <laughs> right next yeah, this, to Marie It just Bellas. had a giant CGI water horse. <laughs> Not quite as exciting. I know. Well, he looked so cute. I saw like the little clip of him in the tub and I'm like, oh, that's actually yeah, super cute. It's adorable when it's a baby in the movie. Not going to lie. It sounds like it will be a good background show as I sew. That's what that yeah. sounds like. Okay. Well, I, I I had this movie, the special edition one on <laughs> DVD, and it came with like a little stuffed like horse in an egg. Really? It was very cute. That's I'll see if I can find a picture of it. Oh, right. You may have well, to I definitely see don't it. have a picture of me with it, but I'll see if I can find a picture of like the box kit online. <laughs> You should. That's so so precious. See, that's the marketing I'm here for. I don't know. I think I have Blu-ray of Aquamarine because that was the type of mo- oh, Aquamarine. Shit. <laughs> Did you find it? Great news. They have the Water Horse 2 DVD Special Edition Plus Exclusive Plus set on Amazon. Link <laughs> so in the Discord. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's so funny. You, you open know, that thing, just dust comes out of it. <laughs> Man, that I like to imagine it's like magical fairy dust that's been there way too long, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it glows for like two seconds and then it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was good. I like how I liked how you connected the Loch Ness monster to Gelpies with that. I'm proud of you, Ryan. You really, you really helped carry the show with that. Appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we're gonna do. Oh yeah, it's time for the lore report. (laughs) (laughs) I love that new sound effect. Um, I transitioned that bad, but here we are, and then we'll do a lore in alignment. Um, oh yeah, you guys start this. I I said it's all you to say it, but 
Drum roll, please. We have been busy campers. The last few months, we have been very hush-hush about a project that we've been hinting at. And now it's time for the moment you all have been waiting for. We have candles. We are over the moon because we got to work with an amazing local candle maker to create not one, not two, but three different candle scents. We got the Cryptid Campsite Candle, the best one. Folklore Campsite Candle. And one, one you guys voted for on social media, the Lost Camper Candle. Each candle has different scent combination, so they all have a different vibe. The Cryptid Camper is rum, rustic wood, and evergreen, which the scent I was going for was lost in the woods with only a bottle of rum. We have the folklore campsite, which is hibiscus, honey, mahogany, and evergreen. I was going for the warm embrace of a rasulka without the danger. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. And the lost camper is sage, lemongrass, forest, forest, uad. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. Cedarwood, vanilla, and balsam. Um, she said the candle maker was like she was going for cryptid in the forest, but make it magical. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, we 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 say Bigfoot's cologne. Bigfoot's cologne. Yeah. So these candle pre-orders are only going to be in the shop for a limited time. Pre-orders are going to open April fourteenth. And close April 30th. Yes. I wrote that wrong. You're right. (laughs) Yes. So this episode's coming out April 12th. Well, at least it should. So two days from now, Friday, April 14th, all the way to April 30th. So go check out the shop, alluringshop.com, and pre-order yours today. Don't miss out. These are probably, once they're made, they're gone, you know? Um, The best part. The first 12 people to pre-order a candle will get some extra candle wax melts added to their order. So check it out today Ooh. or in two days if you're listening to this right away. Yes, <laughs> it will be. It will be open for a limited time. Get them while they're there because Ryan and I both work full time and are doing a lot outside of work. So. Yep. <laughs> Until this is full time. These are limited edition, baby. Um. Now, for all of our lovely Patreons, we will be posting a special promo code. So if you order, you'll get a bonus candle wax melt. And that's just a thank you because we couldn't have gotten funding to make these candles without you guys. So thank you (laughs) for helping us get this started. Um, And one last major Patreon update. We got the new Campsite Welk Kit. So if you are supporting us on Patreon, Anywhere, any tier between 3 to $50, we will mail you an adorable campsite welcome kit. It has a holographic album sticker, it has a mini camp counselor Mothman sticker, and a handwritten thank you postcard of our campsite map from yours truly. And you'll get access to behind the scenes content, early access to video episodes, Um, Get to vote on future episode topics, get access to digital downloads. So become a Patreon, help support the podcast. You can see all these cool projects we have to be a little bit hush-hush about on the podcast. Um, Just go check it out at patreon.com slash alluring. And I just want to make it clear 
The reason we're doing a pre-order is because me and Kimmy are hand making these. Yes. These aren't these aren't like store bought candles we slapped a candle on. Like we we went in with the oils and we mixed them and we found smells we liked and we melted the wax and did everything. It's all very fun, but it is a lot of work. So these are not just going to be like rebranded Walmart candles. Oh no 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 no! These are made with so much love. And sweat and tears. The sweat and tears won't be in the candles, but the love, the yeah. love will be there. That'll so be much love. The <laughs> They'll be all over the shop, but It'll not in the candle. Don't worry. Yeah. But yeah, we, so we're doing pre-orders. Um, we will also have on our website, we'll be updating when pre-orders are done, how long orders will take to ship out. You'll be getting emails for it. Um, we know pre-orders do take a minute, but it's because, again, we're making all of these candles by hand. We're making them to order. We're labeling it. We made our own label. We're doing all of this. This is all of us made here. The all of the love. So go check it out. Go support support the podcast and get a candle. Like, ooh, it's super mean a lot. And then maybe we can do more cool stuff like this in the future, too. So yeah. go check it out. I'm going to check it out. All right. Well, Speaking of checking out, let's look at that alignment chart. <laughs> what did you put as your fucking note there? I, for our audio listeners, I have the 2007 uh, box office hit, The Water Horse Kelpie, up at Lawful Good, because that, or that water horse did nothing wrong. As for normal Kelpies, chaotic evil, because there's a sentence where you literally said, they get a kick out of drowning people. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to justify it any further. Well, Would you like to explain to you? Yeah, um, I can justify it by how many people get a kick out of shooter games. Yeah, but that's not an actual person. I rest my case. Um, <laughs> um, well, I put human form Kelpies, um, lawful good, naturally, tall, dark. That's it. That's that's what I'm into. So there they go. Um, the horseman changed after a while and then was no longer a horse which was my main concern because I put the horse a little bit more towards evil neutral because I don't like horses I've had bad history with horses I don't trust horses they like I don't know what it is there's just something about them I think they know I was a dolphin girl in elementary school <laughs> and I just like like there's some gang war they got going on and I'm just on yeah. the dolphin side and they just loathe me for it. So I've ridden a horse three times in my life and every time I've been knocked off. Oh my god. But you know what I do fuck with is mules. Mules really? are awesome. Mm-hmm. I've also been bucked off a mule. I've Oh, damn. I I, well. I Centaurs are the one hot folklore creature I would say nay to because just, 
All right, let's learn. Let's wrap <laughs> The pod was too far. This whole episode—that's where you draw the line. Kimmy says one horse pod every day, every day. <laughs> I, I, I well, got... That was—it was a good one. It was. A Thank good one. you. I was. That was improv too. I normally have to write this down. <laughs> Ugh. So well, you know, I I don't even know what to say because <laughs> I didn't get the proper acknowledgement for all the hard work. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Oh. Well, we can't be done yet because we need oh, yeah. takeaways. We need takeaways. I got mine, but I'll let you go first because I feel like I always take yours. No, you go first. You go first. That's fine. Right. When it comes to Kelpies, it's a win-win because you're either going to get eaten or you're going to get eaten. <laughs> and <laughs> if your man, I, I'll need help with this. If your man, if a man wants to marry you, have him work yeah. for you for seven years. And if he yeah. doesn't do good, sell him. Yeah, if he's not seven times stronger than the average man, drop his ass. That that's what it is. Yeah. If he's not seven times stronger than the average man, <laughs> drop his ass. Get out of here. And there's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> yep. You either gonna get eaten or, or you're gonna, gonna get, get eaten. Win win hey. situation for us millennials. <laughs> I should do the shirt and it's me finger gutting on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get eaten. Sometimes you get eaten. It would Either be great way, if it could be reflective day. material. So, like, as it moved, it like the fingers. <laughs> oh, okay, everybody. Oh, this has been alluring. <laughs> Thanks so you, much. You just have the most alluring. And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more alluring, go check out our website, alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G dot com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.